Hello, hello, hello! Welcome back to the Feel Good Factor. I'm Susmita Veganosaurus, and I'm so glad you could join me here today. More than a decade ago, in the early years of my blogging, my blog Veganosaurus wasn't just a recipe blog. It started out as a place where I would share a lot of my own thoughts, feelings and all kinds of crazy articles. Later, it got turned into a vegan recipe blog and then just took its own track and I soon forgot about all those articles that I used to write before. But recently, I was having a conversation with a good friend of mine, Malika, about how we tend to use our weaknesses to our own advantage. I know a lot of people don't do this because often the tendency is to not even acknowledge or not even be aware of what our weaknesses are. So it takes a little bit of a different kind of a thinking to not only be very aware of exactly what our weaknesses are or exactly when we're having a weak moment, but going further and using that weakness or that moment to our own benefit. So that night, during the conversation, Malika very matter-of-factly mentioned how she'd be using a certain weakness that she was facing in that moment to her full and complete advantage. I immediately saw a kindred spirit in her, because I do this a lot too. The next minute of my talk is going to contain too much information, so be warned. <laughs> I have this weakness where if I'm in a car, well, not driving, but when I'm at the back of a car while the car is moving, if I'm reading something or if I'm using my phone a lot, due to the shakiness, I start feeling very queasy. My stomach gets upset and I will very soon need to use the toilet. So I avoid using the phone when I'm in a car as much as possible. But then there are days when I might feel constipated. On those days, I actually take advantage of my other weakness. If I haven't been able to use the loo that morning, what I do is that evening on my way back home from work, I make very sure I'm looking at my phone throughout the drive back home. So by the time the cab reaches home, I need to rush upstairs and my tummy gets emptied. I usually get a little laugh out of this about how I used one weakness of mine to deal with another weakness. This is just a small example. I often find myself doing this in many different ways. That night's conversation with my friend Malika suddenly reminded me of this article I had written on my old blog years ago in 2009. So I went back and I dug it up. It's called the art of tricking yourself. I thought for today's podcast episode, I'll read the article out to all of you. A lot of what it says is very relevant to the podcast, very relevant to all the things I speak about here, about self-care, about prioritizing yourself, how to make yourself do things that you don't really want to do, how to use your weaknesses to your advantage. I hope you'll enjoy listening to it. Tuesday, June 2nd, 2009. Today, I talk about the art of tricking yourself. 
It's a precious skill which, when mastered, can make you achieve a lot in a short span of time and leave you with a great sense of accomplishment, all while you've lazed most of the day. Let me begin by saying that whatever I share comes from my own personal experience. The pointers are mainly related to household chores, but you never know how they might help in an outside-of-home work environment. It's not for you sickeningly perfect homemakers who get each day's work done and over with as and when it surfaces. It's for those of us who prefer to let the work ferment for a week or two and then wake up one morning with a sickening feeling that it's time to taste that huge backlog of household work. And this, my friends, is how you handle those fateful days. 1. Embrace procrastination Face it, when there are what might seem a mountain of chores, the only issue most of us have is starting trouble. As a proud sloth, I am ashamed to admit there's a little person inside me who actually enjoys doing her chores when she has begun to do them. I used to think procrastination was my enemy until I realized that it didn't need to be. If you really feel like putting it off, then just put it off, for a couple of hours at least. When it comes to housework, nothing needs to happen right this moment. If those dishes don't get done or the dust doesn't get wiped off the furniture in the next half hour, the world is not going to end. Remember that the work needs to get done today, but not right now. 2. Do not feel guilty Now, guilt is truly your worst enemy. The moment you feel guilty, you're weakening yourself. Just because you hate yourself for not getting any work done doesn't mean you're going to get it done. In fact, guilt is going to slow you down ever more and make that work feel worse than it actually is. It's something you don't want to do and by feeling guilty, you feel forced into doing it and that will make you not want to do it even more. A vicious circle you must avoid at all costs. Feel cozy and comfortable in what you are doing or in this case, not doing. And love yourself completely for who you are, even if you are a lazy bum. Only when you have achieved this, can you attempt the next step. 3. Be lazy till you are sick of it. When I say be lazy, I mean you should do absolutely nothing of consequence. To start with, don't even get out of bed. Or if you do, it should be just to eat something. A quick but healthy fix, like cereal or fruits, since you are too lazy to cook anything and then get right back to bed. Do not have bath. It really adds to that sense of slothfulness. Do not read a book either. It's obviously a useful thing to do. If you must read, then read a comic. If you connect to the net, do only useless crap. Say you are on Facebook for example, don't use that time to promote your Etsy store. Instead, play a pointless game of mafioso, not twirl or scrabble which are good for your brain. 
You may surf your favorite websites or blogs if you must, but you most certainly should not create a blog post of your own. I like to spend hours on XKCD, Etsy, and ThinkGeek, or read a bunch of Between Friends and Zits. Well, basically, the whole point is to do something you might like doing, but make sure it's not something which gives you even the slightest sense of achievement. Four, take an afternoon nap. After you wallowed in sloth, you will feel your internal battery draining out completely. You'll feel sick of not doing anything useful. That's when you put the book, the laptop, or whatever else aside and go right to sleep. Sleep is like the reset button. After you've slept an hour or two, you'll wake up wanting to be active. Five, freshen up. The first thing you do after your nap is rush to the bathroom and have a quick shower. Using a soap which has a smell you like is a great way to lift your spirits. Six, appreciate and reward yourself every step of the way. From this point on, feel good about each and every little thing you manage to do and reward yourself for it in little ways. Seven, nourishment. Food is your first reward. You just had your shower, count it as one chore completed and have something you like. Hot cocoa, a piece of chocolate, juice, fruits, a proper lunch, whatever. Eight, trick yourself. First tell yourself that whatever little bit you manage to finish is good for today. This takes the intimidation right out of the job. If you truly believe you're only going to do a little bit of work, you're going to end up achieving a lot more. Start small and keep going. It's not like that messy kitchen or pile of laundry will look any more attractive now than it did in the morning. But by saying you will just wipe that countertop or only sort out the whites from the colors makes the immediate task a very small job. And once you finish that small bit, tell yourself that you're going to do just a wee bit more and so on. Break down the chores like this and handle them one after another. Or even mix and match if you like, in bits and pieces. You'll end up building momentum and before you know it, what seemed to be this huge task has been finished in barely any time. 10. Cherish every moment. Paying full attention to what you're doing and finding the peace in your work is a beautiful thing. Consciously find the love in what you're doing at the moment. Feel the cool water flowing over your hands as you wash the dishes or the nice stretch in your muscles as you hang up the clothes to dry. You actually end up having fun, enjoying the work and loving yourself in the process. And most importantly, you'll be left with a great sense of accomplishment. By the end of it all, you'll be wondering why you were putting off doing the chores in the first place. These things have worked for me with a high rate of success repeatedly. And if you're anything like me, it's highly likely to work for you. I'd love to hear any personal experiences and tips you'd like to share. When it comes to getting those darn chores done, no piece of advice, however big or small, should be dismissed. You never know what might do the trick.
So there we have it. That's my blog post from June 2nd, 2009. Back then, I didn't really have a day job of any kind. I was a homemaker. I wasn't running my restaurant. I'd just do a bunch of little freelance things at my own sweet time. So most of my planning, most of my work, work that I had to worry about was related to getting things done around the house. But years down the line, while I run my own business, well, multiple businesses, I'm still a master procrastinator. And I still do use a lot of those little tricks that I've shared on the blog post. And over the years, I've collected a few more. If you're a procrastinator like me, you probably understand what it feels like to put off all your work till the last minute and then be overwhelmed and try to get it done really soon. Often it turns out that the work itself is not something that takes a lot of time. It's just that the putting it off has built it and built it and built it in your mind like it's a huge deal. But when you finally start working on it, it isn't such a big deal after all. If you're familiar with the art of tricking yourself, with identifying your weaknesses and then using them to your advantage, I'd love to hear your stories. I'd be so excited to connect with people who deal with their weaknesses the way that I do. Connect with me at Veganosaurus on Instagram or email me at thefeelgoodfactor at veganosaurus.com. If you'd like to get notified about my new podcast episodes and much more, subscribe to my mailing list. Go to my website www.veganosaurus.com and scroll down to the bottom to subscribe to the mailing list. If you enjoyed this episode of The Feel Good Factor, please share it. Spread the word among people who you feel will relate to this content. And I would really appreciate a rating, review or subscribe on your preferred podcast platform, particularly Apple Podcasts. Your ratings help my podcast come up in the charts and help others who resonate with the similar content discover it easily. If you don't have an iPhone, then please do leave a review for the podcast on podchaser.com. You can find it by going to podchaser.com slash veganosaurus. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Feel Good Factor. I'm Susmita Veganosaurus and I'm looking forward to talking to you again very soon. Bye!